Darius lights are on. I'm supposed to start talking. Music's still going. It's okay. How are you doing? Happy Sunday. Great to see you on this second Sunday of 2020. We're glad you're here today. I want to welcome you who are here at Trinity often as a Trinity family. I want to welcome you if you're a guest today. We're glad that you're here with us. Welcome you here in the worship center. Those of you out on a beautiful day in the pavilion. I said something about people shivering last service, but it's great out there now. And then also those of you guys uh, watching us online, we're glad that you're here with us today. Well, we are in a series called Who We Are. We're talking about the core values that our staff team worked so diligently on last spring and being able to surface those and articulate them. And I'm excited to dive in with number one today. You'll see it on the banner on this side. We'll kind of increase those as the weeks go on. But we're starting with this idea of you belong here. So first off, if you uh, have a Bible today, we're going to start in Psalm chapter 68. Psalm's about in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 68, if you want to make your way there. Also, if you look in your Trinity this week, you have some notes that look like these. If you want to get those out, that'll help you uh, just kind of track with us throughout the message today. Those are also, you'll look the next page, those are prompts for your home group, your discussion this week. Many of you are in groups that are starting back up after the holiday season, and we're grateful for that and excited for you this week to get to have some opportunities to really talk about one of these things that we are saying is very core to who we are. I, f- I think over the next six weeks, if you've been a part of Trinity for any time, you won't be surprised. These are, that's really not what core values are meant to do, or, oh, I didn't know that's what we were, but to be able to go, yes, that's who we've been, who we believe God wants us to continue to be. If you're new to Trinity, this is a great time to just be kind of taking in what does this church say it's about? What are they trying to become and who have they been? And this is great for that purpose too. So we're hoping that's going to be helpful to you. As you're finding your way, there are a couple things. After this service, one thing we do kind of on a monthly basis is a thing we just call a staff meet and greet. Myself, some of our other pastors and directors will be out at the Start Here booth after this service. We just love to connect, love to get a name and a face. If we can help you in any way, uh, we have a great team that's there every week who can answer questions, but our goal is just to be accessible and available. So we'll be there right after this service. Um, Also, you'll see right out these double doors, we are planning and preparing a great uh, retirement celebration event for Larry and Karen Shoemaker. Uh, Larry's on staff, but Karen is this incredible staff wife who's just right there in ministry with him, and they are stepping away from that role, not from Trinity, and uh, um, that'll be on the 25th of uh, this month on a Saturday from 3 to 5. There are some cards, though, right out those doors. If you just haven't taken the minute yet to go, I just want Larry and Karen to know how much I appreciate them, how much their ministry to me has been valuable. You can do that. You'll see those sheets of paper out on the, uh, right underneath uh, the awning, right outside these doors. If you'd fill that out, set that in the basket, that'd be great. Finally, I want to tell you about something. So when we were planning and discussing um, kind of changing our service times. That, that has been going on for about a year. But in that conversation, uh, when we were determining, we wanted to have more opportunities than just a Sunday morning. We had been Sunday morning only, three services, and we thought we want to create other opportunities for people to come at different times. So we began a Sunday evening service about five months ago, and that's been getting its own rhythm and culture. Do me a favor, raise your hand if you've ever attended our Sunday night service, if you've just been there. Good. So a lot of you have been there and seen what it's about. So one thing that we anticipated when we began that, uh, that new slot for a service time where there were going to be some events that we've never had to think about before, not even having anything other than Sunday morning, and that was Super Bowl weekend. 
So one thing that we decided early on, we got a good tip from a friend of mine who said, you know what? One thing that they do is they go, let's do a Super Saturday service. And that's exactly what we're going to do is that weekend, February the 1st, we're going to move our service over to Saturday instead of Sunday. Everyone is welcome. That's not only if you're a Sunday evening person can you come. It'll be the same service that we'll do that next morning on Sunday, February the 2nd. But we thought that shift would make a lot of sense and be just a win to just even do something a little bit different on a Saturday night. So if you're interested, join us Saturday night, February the 1st, Super Saturday service. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time being together. Well, so here we are in uh, this new series, and, and what we're talking about, when we talk about core values, a lot of times core values are things that are either stated or unstated. So meaning they're the things that really kind of provide the sense of direction for an organization. It might even be true of your family. And so within that, what we wanted to do, we'd realized that Trinity had never really surfaced those, never articulated those. I will tell you something I, I won't probably look forward to again is trying to get 12 people in a room and have them all agree on anything. We can't agree on where we go to lunch. Nonetheless, what are we going to do for these core, to kind of articulate the core values of Trinity? But your staff team, you'd be proud of them. They put in the time, they put in the effort, the prayer, and the discussion to really get to the point that we have these core values to get to share with you. And so we want to articulate what has been uh, ideas that really have been guiding us and just make them known and make them very accessible to people who are even new to Trinity to know what is this church all about. We want that to be something real easy to detect very quickly. So today we dive in with this first core value. They're not in any particular order, but we dial in with this idea of you belong here. And that's been really important to us, and it should be important to every church that names Jesus as Lord. And the simple reason why is this, is that the church, its dynamic, its essence is based on adopted orphans who are brought into a family. And the idea that not only can you belong to a father, but you can belong to brothers and sisters. So there's a vertical and a horizontal component of that. And that's what we want to begin to look into today. Not only what that means and what we're hoping is evident in your life and your experience at Trinity, but what's also true of the people in your relational world who haven't yet come to a point of being convinced of Jesus and his love for them. And so that's our goal today is to walk that out. Here's our now what statement. It's on the screen and, um, and in your notes. Celebrate that you belong to Jesus and his church. And invite others to belong to him like you do. Celebrate that you belong to Jesus and his church and invite others to belong to him like you do. I love this statement, by the way. You can join a group or be a member of a club, but you belong to your family. And that's where we're going today in this big idea. Number one in your notes, we long to belong. We deeply long to belong. It's a big deal inside all of our DNA, all of our humanity is that we belong to a, a group or a community. Even music happens when we talk about belonging. It's great. So Psalm 68 is where your Bible's open to. Verse 4 this is where it says, Sing to God what you've been doing this morning. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. It's a beautiful image. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. And look at who he is. He is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. And look at this line. God sets the lonely in families, and he leads out the prisoners with singing. 
I just think that's such a powerful statement. God is the one who not only recognizes that we were built for community, built to belong, but even in our loneliness, God is the one who places people into families. And we see that through that, again, that idea of adoption we're going to keep talking about today, but also through the lens when we think about even a church family, finding a place to whom you can belong. It's important to us. It's been important to you ever since you can remember. I remember for me, just like it was yesterday, the crazy things and the the wheel that I was running on trying to feel like I could belong when I was in middle school. I went to a small Christian school. My mom was a Christian school teacher, and it was out in Banning. And there was, was, it was small. My, My whole class was about 17 people. And I remember within that unique social dynamic that you were either in or you were out. There were a couple individuals in my grade who determined who was in and who was out. I will tell you this morning, I was not, okay? I was not one of those determiners, nor was I often in. And what that put me in a pursuit, those of us outside of that circle were constantly clawing to get in. I remember just sitting on that treadmill for so long, and it meant buying the right kinds of clothes that had the right labels. It meant listening to the right kind of music. It meant uh, enjoying the right kinds or participating in the right kinds of sports as though there's a right kind to anything I just said. But that was our culture and it was what everyone was trying to join in and be a part of and feel a sense of belonging. I was on that mouse wheel for long enough and about the beginning of my eighth grade year, I remember just kind of going, you know what, I'm just over it. I'm done trying to belong to this just really unique group that is really standoffish and close to others. And so I found a friend in a grade below me. His name was Corey. And Corey and I, what we would just do at lunchtime when everyone was doing their thing, we'd just walk around and talk. He had a great sense of humor, made me laugh. And I realized this was truly a friend that would accept me as I was, where I was, without trying to do something to really actually fit in and belong with him. And it was the beginning of my understanding of the difference between, twi- between trying, those are a lot of words together, between trying to fit in versus trying to belong. Now, I've had some great conversations with my daughter, Ellie. Ellie is a seventh grader, so right in the middle of middle school. And we've had some great conversations all year long about the challenges that she's facing of trying in that same idea. What does it mean to belong and to whom to belong to? And as we've talked about it, I've loved some of the things that God has been surfacing in her life this first semester that we just finished of her seventh grade year. And the kind of conversations we've been able to have and her realizing, you know, there's a group of people that I aspire to be, be with, belong to, but I've got to change to kind of fit in and adjust or be welcomed into that group. So maybe that's not the group that I really should aspire to want to be around. Instead, what I need to do is I need to recognize that my belonging first begins with God. It also extends to my earthly family and my church family. And those are the people that I might want to consider because I know as far as my family family goes, those people I've been belonging to ever since I was born. And there's some great friends that love Jesus that also are people that I know love me as is and kind of where I'm at. And, and that's, that goal is what I have for all of us today. Look at this s- source of, of quadrants, and you'll kind of recognize the difference. You'll see them in your notes. Look down in the lower, lower left. You have this idea of really kind of bad on top of bad. Being Think of different social environments you've been in. You're both ignored and rejected. 
You're not known, you're not loved. And man, that doesn't get much worse than that. And for some of us, I've just described middle school to you. That's how it felt. Like, oh man, this is horrible. Or on a good day, you are rejected, the top left. You are known, but not loved. It's like, oh no, we know all about you. You just aren't in, the, you, you don't belong to us. That's brutal. Then in the bottom right, fitting in, this one's interesting. You're not known because you've got to do something different than who you are to, to, be, to belong, but you're loved. And I would even question the word loved. I think at best you're accepted. You're included, but true belonging is upwards to the right. Belonging is being known and loved. Belonging is being known and loved. And that is something that we deeply, deeply desire. And the great news is, this is what the gospel is all about on so many fronts. You see, we long to belong. It's a basic human need that we're wired with. It was evident at creation. As God was literally speaking everything into existence, he looks and he sees Adam by himself. The only time he says, this isn't good. Everything else is good or very good. This isn't good. And he realizes companionship, community, this, I want Adam to realize how much he needs this. And God gives him uh, this wonderful gift of Eve. So within this idea, God not only knows and designs us with what we need, but he receives us to himself so we can belong to him. And also to a community of other redeemed people that are his children. So rightly so, we call each other brother and sister because that is what we are. That is who we are. We've been adopted into the family of God. I need you to know we are more, though, at Trinity Church than just a social group that rallies around a common interest or where we're from. It's not the idea of just the fact that we're the society of sweet succulents, you know, or that of the southern, southerners with lisps who end up in Southern California. You know, none of those things, we, we don't derive our meaning from what is these, these uh, pivot points for so many groups. Instead, what we do, look in your notes, our belonging doesn't stem from what we do or where we're from, but to whom, to whom we belong. Jesus is our unifying factor, and we're all included in his body, the church, through faith in him. That's what keeps us together. That's the glue that holds that's the center point. That's where belonging emanates from. Jeremy Lineman will look at an article he wrote later on in the message today, but here's a quote. In Christ, we can find true belonging, for true belonging is being simultaneously fully known and fully loved. Fully known and fully loved. That's a great definition of belonging, to be fully known and fully loved. I really love that our staff team developed this particular core value. I don't know that I'll do this every week, but to kind of pull back the, the veil a little bit, in these conversations, we had actually been going with the phrase, you're welcome here. That had been our core value we were identifying and surfacing. And it was really in the, one of the last meetings, it was actually, I loved it, all of our youth guys, it was Luke and Hilke and Jared, and they all said, you know what, the word belong is so much more powerful and so much more important welcoming's good, and it's actually the beginning of belonging, that you can feel like you can be there and you can be welcomed into an environment, but belonging goes so much further because that means you're part of the family. And we realized it didn't take much convincing around that room that when those guys surfaced that idea, we realized, I think that's really what we want to identify. Not only who we've been, but who we want to continue to become is a community of people where you can belong. And so I really love that they were the ones who pushed us to that idea because it was easy to identify with quickly. So that's what the, this whole thing is about, not Trinity Church, but the gospel. 
The gospel is all about because of what Jesus has accomplished for you, you can belong to the Father. And in belonging to the Father, you can belong to his people, your brothers and sisters adopted into his family. Look at this from Romans chapter 12, verse 4. It says, For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, watch this, we though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. One of the other images for the local church beyond the family of God is the body of Christ. So Paul in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, he's using those images, and both times says that, that every appendage, every part of this body, not only is meant to be engaged, meant to be functioning, but there's a connection, there's a community, there's a belonging that's inherent within the reality. And so within that today, we see these biblical images that speak to the concept of what it means to belong and how we belong. I'm so grateful that Bill and Chris, when we were talking about the worship set for today, I'm so grateful that they were open to a song I mentioned just a week or two ago. It was very recently, but you just sang that idea, that anthem really of God, I belong to you. And I remember hearing it a couple weeks ago and being so impressed by it because I just love the words. And the reason I wanted us to sing it today is not only the truth of how that relates to us and what that means is in a personal walk with Jesus and being made right by him, we do belong to the Father. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. But the great news is the reason why you can belong at Trinity is because all of our belonging stems from the fact that God has made us right through Jesus. What I would want you to hear with clarity today, Trinity Church is not a social club. It's not a country club. It's not a place that I've been here longer, therefore my vote matters more. All of us enter into the church of Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us. There's not a single one of us who've earned or merited more than anyone else. And as a result, we can say with great clarity, because we belong to God through Jesus, so can you. His blood that was spilt on the cross was spilt for you. His extravagant love that he has is not simply just for me on this stage or anyone else in this room, but it's extended to you as well. And that is such great news. Number two in your notes today, let's walk out this idea of belonging a little bit more. Before you believed, you belonged. Before you believed, you belonged. John chapter 6, and we'll see in John 6 and John 17, both some times when Jesus is both having a conversation with his disciples or praying to his father about this fascinating idea that I've read right over so many times, but I want to highlight it for you today. John six thirty seven. all those the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me will never, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. Check out this phrase, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son, we started our service singing those exact words today. Look to the son. For everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. I, I, this, this concept came to me as I was reading a John Piper article from his website, Desiring God. It was published about a year ago, and I was doing some research for today, and I came across this article and was reading it, and I was really just blown away by what is simple and yet profound. 
And I even appreciate at the very beginning, Piper talks about that idea in the Gospels. It says that Mary treasured all these things in her heart, meaning as she watched Jesus, the God-man that she'd given birth to growing up and becoming this indeed Messiah and Savior of the world, she treasured all these things in her heart. She just kind of kept these things close as these ideas of, man, God, how incredibly blessed am I to have a front row seat watching this. This is one of those things that Piper talks about. He goes, this is one of those things to treasure in your heart in a very unique and special way. It's, in, it's uh, what we just said a minute ago. Before you believed in Jesus, you belonged to the Father. Before you believed in Jesus, you belonged to the Father. Let me show you that kind of language again. Jesus made a similar statement in John 17. He's praying. It says hours before he's going to go to the cross, he's praying for his disciples, for these 12, and he's praying for those to whom they're, those who would hear this message in the future, people like you and me today, he's praying for them that they would have unity, that they would be known, that they would be walking together in the power of the Spirit of God. And this is what he says in John 17, 6. I have revealed you, Jesus talking to the Father, I've revealed you, watch, to those whom you gave me out of the world. You can't give what you don't have. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Verse 9. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. I want you to process this today. This is a powerful theological truth that God in his sovereignty, God had uniquely made you his own before you ever showed up on the planet. God had already reserved a place for you at the table before you'd ever shown up, before you'd ever heard the gospel, before you ever responded to it. People who do surveys say that most people, it takes at least nine times that they have been made aware of the gospel before they respond. And that stat doesn't really surprise me because of the power of the gospel and and not only what it means, but what it demands, what the result is in my life. That's a big deal. So people don't usually just respond the first time they hear this great news of Jesus and what he's done for them. So imagine that even before, even one time, you had heard that, resp- that great message of the gospel, God had already uniquely selected you, called you out, and he had, you were already his. And the simple reality is, is that when your life intersected, when your uh, soul intersected with this great news and you were finally ready to respond, you were already his. You belonged before you believed. It shows so much to me the power of God's sovereign selection of a God who knows and directs everything to be in conformity with his good purpose and his good will. But I also want you to see the personal meaning, not just the theology of it, but the personal meaning for you. Look in your notes. Before you ever heard the name of Jesus or ever put your faith in what he accomplished for you, you belong to God. Before any of those things have ever happened. And here's the thing. It's not in just the way that every creature belongs to God. Because we would say, as God is creator, he's therefore owner of everything. Every human being, everything that you can see, taste, touch, feel. God made it all. God owns it. This isn't that kind of belonging. This is unique. And here's the beauty of what really drives that. That means that before you ever did anything... Your belonging is not based on performance or obedience. 
And those are good words to hear when we tend to be people who've grown up in environments where belonging was always performance-based. Happens on the job, it happens in friendship. Sadly enough, it happens in families. I'll accept you as long as you do these things, live this way. God says, before you ever had the opportunity to do anything, you uniquely belong to him. And that should be one of those things, my hope, like it's been for me this week, my hope would be for you that that would be like Piper started with today, something that you resonate with, that you treasure in your heart. See, I want you to see something else as well. Not only the theology of that statement, that you uniquely belong to God before your life ever intersected with the gospel, but I want you to think about it through a practical lens as well. I'd want you to think this through, that not only when your life, when you finally came to a point where you realize what Jesus accomplished for me is exactly what I need and what I need to respond to, when that was all going on, most likely you were involved in an environment of either a relationship or relationships of people who loved Jesus and showed you a love you'd never seen before. I've asked you to do that a few times. For those of you who put your faith in Jesus, would you go back Go back to those circumstances and, and think about maybe for a moment the things that were going on in your life. Think about not even so much the what was going on, but the who. Who was God uniquely bringing into your proximity, into your life, that really demonstrated this kind of love of Jesus? A love that came without a price tag. A love that came without, I'll love you and accept you if you fill in the blank. This was a unique love, and it was maybe a close friend, it might have been a spouse. It might have been a community of people, like friends at school, whatever it was. Go back to and think about the circumstances that led you to that place. It might have been within your family, from your parents, a sibling, where you realize this kind of love, not only am I hearing the truth of a God who loves, but I'm seeing it in flesh. I'm seeing it incarnationally in these people that are loving me. Now, they weren't perfect. They didn't have everything together because nobody does this side of heaven. But what they did have was a kind of love that you had never really experienced before and a love you deeply wanted. The beauty of both the message and the life came together and you realized what they have is more than just some sort of creed. What they have is something that's changed them. Look in your notes. For most, you belonged in a relationship or in a community with Jesus followers before you believed and it made the truth of the gospel become real and alive because it wasn't just theory, but it had flesh to it. It wasn't just theory, but it had flesh to it. And how important that is that the gospel has not only the truth, but also this connection to people who love Jesus. And you can see that's what the truth looks like when it's played out in their lives. Now, there are a lot of ministries at Trinity Church that I could brag on that do an amazing job of helping people belong. That's, when, that's why this is a core value that was really, once we kind of heard those, that wording, we realized that does really represent who we've been and who we want to continue to become. So I could brag on a lot, but today I'm going to particularly choose one. I'm going to choose the International Friendship Connection, or what we often say around here, IFC. If you go on our website, you'll see IFC described this way, as a local Christian friendship ministry formed to befriend international students and visiting scholars during their time of study in Southern California. It's made up of a group of people who get it, who get the idea that God wants us 
to go into all the world, that the gospel is something that really needs to be and should be, and it's our privilege to get to communicate to people who haven't heard it yet. And so the reality is, is Trinity Church is very committed to what we would call global missions. We have global partners that are all over this planet, and we love that. We pray for them weekly. We continue to support them. But here's what IFC has realized. God is bringing the world to Redlands. In master's programs at U of R and jobs that are here local, people at Loma Linda, people are coming from all over this planet to this place, and they're realizing, hey, as we're going out as Trinity Church into all the world, you're bringing the world to our backyard. So let's make relationships, connections, friendships with people who don't know anyone here. And I got to tell you, it is so awesome. I've had the privilege of being connected to people from IFC as well as being at some IFC events. And it is exactly what it sounds like it is. A group of people who are committed to want to be kind, hospitable, and friendly to people who have no connections or home here. Think of it this way, too. In the Western culture, man, we are so, I was just talking to someone between services, we're just so easy for us to walk in the door, shut the door, and have all of our life. We don't even go in our neighborhoods anymore and talk to people and get to know people. I'm as guilty as anyone else. But think about other cultures of the world that are hospitality-based. You go to a place, most places in the world, and someone doesn't invite you into their home, it's a crime, It's shame on them that they haven't made you welcomed and hospitable. So now reverse that when people come from cultures all over the planet that are so much more by nature hospitable than we are, they are looking for a place of connection. They'll tell you at IFC that rarely ever do students get invited into people's homes when they're here studying abroad. That doesn't surprise you because you're like, because I don't know them. I'm not going to invite a stranger into my home. Or some of you have even done some study abroad programs in other parts of the world, and you're like, I just stayed in the dorm the whole time. Yes, I never went in anyone's home. IFC realizes people from hospitality cultures, man, they're deeply longing not just to have people invite them in their home, but have a friendship, have a connection. And that's what IFC is based on. And they do such a remarkable job. I want to give you an example so it's not just theory of what IFC is doing. Take a look at this guy. You know George. He's been up here leading worship and um, doing so many things. He's very plugged in at Micah House. Um, he's never going to look better than that, by the way. He was best man at IGB's wedding. IGB is a, has been a member of Trinity. He's the one who actually invited George to Trinity. I'll read about him in a minute. And George was IGB's best man at IGB's wedding. By the way, we keep saying IGB because nobody can pronounce his name correctly. So he's just like, I'm done. IGB will work. And um, so I had the privilege of officiating. So his picture is from two weeks ago. And we had such a great time as a wedding in Orange County. And what was so rich about the time, it just made sense how many people from IFC were at this wedding. Both people who are leaders and involved and also people who are just a part of the IFC family. It was such a rich cultural melting pot from all over the world. It was awesome. A great, a great slice of heaven. And so as we're there and we're doing all this, I talked to George this week and I said, George, we're going to talk a little bit about IFC. Would you just tell me briefly, how does IFC connect that dot? How has it been for you when it comes to belonging at Trinity? These were his words He wrote, I remember joining Trinity as an international grad student from the University of Redlands and not knowing anyone aside from the guy who brought me to church, IGB. That very Sunday, I was introduced to a couple leaders from IFC who invited me to an IFC event which was coming up. 
It was an opportunity to make friends from different parts of the world, but also get to know some of the members of Trinity who were involved in IFC. IFC ensured my transportation to events, to Sunday services, and some personal errands until I got a car. Individual families from IFC opened their homes to me for dinner and other personal family activities. Their actions showed care and made me feel very welcome. Through IFC, I found a 20s and 30s home group here at Trinity, which I love, which helped me to get close to amazing young men and women who I get to do life with. Listen to this last sentence. Trinity is now not just a place of worship, but my family. Amen. And that's what it looks like. That's just one of many examples I could give you, not even just from IFC, but other ministries at Trinity who really do get this and who really do live this. I want you to know that when it comes to Trinity Church, you can belong here. That belonging, though, also is not only meant to be for us, but it's meant to be shared. Number three in your notes, belonging at Trinity is meant to be shared. Belonging at Trinity is meant to be shared. Romans 7, 4 Paul writes, so my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong, there's that word, belong to another. And by the way, in Romans 7, Paul's using the image of marriage. And so he's talking about what happens when a spouse passes away, you're no longer obligated to them, connected to them, you're no longer belong to them. Now there's the reality of that you possibly could belong to someone else. So this is a very intimate word. This is very close. This is about the relationship of marriage is the context. So it says that you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who is raised from the dead. Now watch that. Here's a purpose statement. In order that we might bear fruit for God. You see, not only have we had this incredible opportunity to be welcomed in, to belong to God through Jesus and to belong to his family, but we are in that belonging with the purpose of being people who will bear fruit, being people who would be about, you know what? I was adopted as an orphan into this family. I'm connected to other orphans who are still looking for God's family. Let me invite you in. Think about this. This core value in particular, you belong here, is inherently an invitation you just stop and think about that. You belong here is a statement that's inherently an invitation. I want you to think of some places in the world that you might go and visit that you actually would never see that sign. You would never see that out in front of this particular institution or place. For instance, North Korea. They don't want you to belong there. They got big walls for a reason. Maybe uh, Area 51, okay? You don't belong here. We have a lot of military who are going to remind you that you don't. The federal prison. Well, I don't know, maybe for some of us. I'm not sure. (laughs) But there's lots of places that don't want you to belong. This is a place we would say inherently, not just by statement, by the nature of it. It's an invitation. I want you to think of your Ryan. Last week, we kicked off 2020 with this vision message, and we talked about this idea that you have people in your relational world, people who you're doing life with, people from school, people from work, people in your neighborhood, people from extended family, that you love, you care deeply about, and they are yet unconvinced, these ones in particular, of who Jesus is and his love for them. I don't want you to theoretically think about your Ryan. I want you to think of him or her. I want you to get your, their name, their face in your mind. I'm doing that right now, of someone that's in my life in that particular place. And as you're thinking of them, imagine them sitting with you 
in this service on a Sunday morning. Imagine them sitting right next to you. You told them what time to meet. You told them where to go. You might have even brought them in your car, but they're here. They're sitting next to you. And I'm telling you, from my experience and every conversation I have with anyone at Trinity, when that is happening, your radar up like nothing else. Because what you're hoping in those moments a few minutes ago when Chris asked you to turn around and say hello to someone, you are just hoping, I know they know me. They don't need to say hello to me, but man, these people sitting in front and behind them, I'm really hoping someone kind is going to put a hand forward and say, I'm glad you're here today. I really hope that as I walk around this campus after this service, I really hope that as I'm introducing them to my friends, to the people I'm in community with, I'm hoping that people will be kind. I'm hoping they'll be welcoming. I hope that there'll be people who take interest in who they are because they already know that I care about them. I want them to see that other people where I'm a part of care about them too. My wife is always great to give me good insight and input. And after last week, one of the things she surfaced, she said, Todd, you know, one of the things I think you could have spoke more to is the idea of how we can be great teammates for each other. Meaning there might be seasons in my life where it's hard to identify or hard to make that connection with someone, my Ryan, who's yet unconvinced about Jesus. But would I have my radar up? Would I be aware that people are inviting people from their relational worlds to come and see? And would I be that great teammate that when I turn around and I'm near someone I don't know and recognize, man, I am absolutely someone who helps them know they can belong here. When I get introduced to someone out on that plaza that they brought here to Trinity, man, I am quick to say, I'm so glad you're here. I want to know more about who you are. She was right. That's a key vital role for all of us on every single Sunday. Because of the way that we have come to belong, we can make room for others and allow them to have the space where they can realize you can belong here too. For your Ryan to continue to experience what belonging to a local church looks like, what belonging to the family of God is all about, I uh, referenced Jeremy Lineman earlier in the service. He wrote an article called What Our Search for Belonging Reveals. And I wanted you to see some more ways as we finish today how belonging grows with any particular group, grows at a local church. In your notes, it begins with believe. Belonging begins with believe. It's believing by faith in Jesus that gives all of God's people true belonging in the first place. This is really core. Like, as you bring someone to Trinity Church, as they begin to connect with people and hopefully feel welcomed and hopefully feel like this is a place they can belong, at some point, though... There is a a divide. There is this place we cross over because we said it earlier, this is more than just a social community group. This is a group of redeemed people, adopted orphans, brought into the family of God by the blood of Jesus. And that's what draws us together. Jesus is the glue that unites us. So the reality is, is that think of this adopted family that's together with a parent, with one another as siblings. Man, there's neighbors who can come and be a part of a a time together and feel like they belong to the family, but there's something different when you sit at the table and when your name has been changed. So if you're here today and you're kind of going, you know what, this whole belonging thing is so critical in my life. I have been wandering, trying to find not only a people to belong to, but is there a God who even cares? Let me tell you, I want to encourage you today, it begins by believing that Jesus is exactly who the Bible says he is, that he is the son of God, 
that he did come and live a sinless life. And as a result, he was qualified to die a sacrificial death. And in that sacrificial death, he was raised supernaturally on the third day. This is what we believe, and this is what gained us entrance into the family of God. Not works, not how long we've hung around, simply because of the blood of Jesus. I want you to know that's where the essence of belonging truly begins. Secondly, stay. Another key word to belonging in a local church like Trinity, stay. Engaging a local church for what it is. It's a group of Jesus followers living for his purposes and not their own fleeting fulfillment. You see, here we are the second Sunday of January. I am absolutely aware that there are a group of people checking out Trinity Church. I love that. I love it. It happens every weekend, but there's more. There's something about the beginning of a new year when more people are like, I'm going to go see what that church is all about. And I love that. And I just want to say something specifically to you. If that's you, this is maybe your first time, your second or your third time. I just want to say this. My hope and prayer is that you would find a church like Trinity. If it's not Trinity, it's another gospel-centric church. But once you find that church that you're going to be connected to, and I know it takes some time to feel like, is this somewhere that we can really put down roots and really be a part of this local expression of the family of God? I pray that when you find that, you would stay. You'd be there. You'd be planted there. Because the reality is that there's one thing that's true about Trinity Church in 2020. There is a group of people sitting in these seats today who when the going got tough, they stayed. I'm so grateful for that. It was a season before I got here, but there was a group of people when it was hard to be at Trinity Church, they stayed. They said, you know what? It's important not only that I would be belonging to God, but that I belong to his people, belong to his family. And that's much deeper, much greater than any particular season or trend that a church is going through. That's a tie that binds, and this group of people demonstrate that well. We have an event actually just for you next weekend. We talked about it last week called Discover Trinity, where you can get to know what is Trinity Church all about, what are all of our core values. It happens during this service, 1045, right out there on the, on, at the Start Here booth. You're very welcome to come and be a part of that. We'd love to just introduce you to what we're about. Third key word is the word move in. I guess it's two words. Move in. Knowing and becoming known. Believe, stay, move in. See, you can attend Trinity Church. We're a large enough church. We're not huge, but we're large enough that you can just attend weekend worship services and never really be known. And be, you can really be undisturbed. You know, just kind of drop in, do my thing, go, and that's fine. And, and we love you, and we're glad that you're here. But I will tell you, today I want to disturb you a little bit. And the reason I want to do that is this. I know it's in your interest. I know it's good for you. Because what a church family is meant to be is not a place you attend, but a family you belong to. And the only way you can really belong to a group of people is if you take a step of vulnerability. If you say, I'm willing to become known and I want to know you, that's where family and belonging really happens. When I'm going to move beyond attendance and move into a fact that I belong, I'm a member, I'm a family member of this group. So I would encourage you, our small groups are probably the most obvious ways that you can begin that connection of really belonging at Trinity Church. A brand new semester of our women's Bible study is starting up. Our men's groups are very porous. You can jump in at any time. Our home groups are getting back together after this holiday season. And that's a great place to belong. Another place to belong is saying, you know what? Uh, God's given me a gift set. He's designed me to serve him like every other believer. I'd love to get involved in serving in ministry. And it looks like this is an area that could be a good fit. Pursue that. 
you will become known, you'll become vulnerable with the people you serve and those that you serve with on your team. That's a great way to move in and really become a functional part of this community rather than just a place that you attend. Finally, make space. Believe, stay, move in, make space. Recognizing that God isn't done adopting kids and he wants you. He wants you as someone that, who belongs to be an influencer toward those in your relational world who don't yet. You see, it's the power of having a true sense of belonging ourselves that in turn, once we have that, then we can give it away. We don't live in insecurity of, will I belong? Do I fit in? I belong not only to God, but to his people. And in that security, not insecurity, I have the ability to say, you can join us too. I'd love for you to know what this is all about. I'd love for you to know this Jesus that's changed my everything. Back to Jeremy Lineman, this is what he writes. When we take the focus off our need for belonging and create space for others to belong, we find ourselves surrounded by those happy to have us in their lives. And if you think about what we would call winsome people, that's usually the definition of a winsome person, someone who's secure in their place in the world and they're happy to invite you in. That, that is a powerful thing. I want to finish with telling you this story. So last month, uh, at the same staff meet and greet like we'll do today, I had the privilege of meeting a couple. And uh, I asked them, my first question always to anyone out there is, is just simply this, how did you hear about us? Or, or who invited you to Trinity Church today? And, and their answer was, we were driving by, uh, it was either the freeway or right here on Reservoir Road, and we saw your sign. Okay, so this is obviously before Christmas. We switched this out for our Christmas Eve services, but this sign is right out there, out there today. I saw your sign, and it was a sign to me that maybe we could go there. That it looked like you were a church that maybe we could belong to. You know what I told her? That's exactly what that sign means. You saw it, you read it, you understood it, and the beauty of it is, what I want to leave you with today Let's not leave the proclamation of that core value that you can belong here. Let's not leave that up to signs. Let's not leave that up to yard signs that we have in our yards ever since last August. Let's let that be the stuff of our lives. Let's that be the influence that we have in our relational worlds. People that God has supernaturally, strategically placed you among. Let that be your essence, my essence this week. Here's our now what statement. Celebrate that you belong to Jesus and his church and invite others to belong to him like you do. Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you so much that not only did you hardwire us for community, you hardwired us to belong to you and to others, but God, you've made a way. And that's got to be so troubling and challenging for a lost and fallen world who deeply craves belonging. They were built for it but in so many ways either experiences it in in ways that are just um, not complete or doesn't experience it at all. And so, God, we want to begin by thanking you that not only have you hardwired us to belong, but you've made a way for us to belong. And we're so grateful, God, to be enveloped, to be included in your family. There's a place at the table with my name on it. And, God, we just take time today to process that and be thankful again. You may be here today, and you would say, you know what, I, I deeply do want to belong, and I realize that of all the things and groups and things I could belong to, more than anything, I want to belong to God. I want to be right with him. I want to be connected in a way that I deeply need to my creator. We would say that begins by, A, admitting 
admitting that you're a sinner who needs a savior, admitting that you've been living life on your terms and you realize, man, God, I'm completely out of alignment. I am lost. Be believe. Believe that this Jesus we talked about who did exactly what the Father called him to do, he didn't lose any that were given to him. Believe that Jesus is the only savior available. And see, choose. Choose to put your hope, your confidence, your trust not in what you can do in your religion and your morality, but what, in Je- what Jesus has already done. And as a result, choose to say, Jesus, I put my hope and confidence there. I'm going to live my life in a way that reflects you to my world. I don't do this often, but I'm going to ask because of where we're at today and what this message is about. If that's you, and, and that's more than theory, but that's something you want to do today, I'm just going to ask you, would you raise your hand? Because I just want to pray for you as we finish the service today, just right where you are. Would you raise your hand and say, that's the decision I'm ready to make. I want to belong to God. Awesome. Let me pray for you. Father God, we just say thank you. Thank you so much that you have brought us to a place where we realize you deeply love us. We are known and we are loved. God, the definition of belonging. And thank you that that's all outside of ourselves, but done just so completely by you through Jesus. This week, would you help us to radiate that, to live that, to influence our worlds that way? Not only can we belong, but they can too. We love you and we pray in Jesus' great name. Amen.